0: Over the years, the city of Atlanta has been home to some of the greatest athletes of all time. Hank Aaron, Deion Sanders, Evander Holyfield. It's arguably the greatest sports town in the South, with the Braves, Hawks, and Falcons all based in the 404. But despite all that, in more than 150 combined seasons between its professional teams, Atlanta has won only one single championship. And back in 2008, a young quarterback came to town one the city hoped would upend that history. His name, Matt Ryan. I played defensive back for the Falcons during Matt's rookie season. Almost immediately, he earned respect from the players and coaching staff. He was cool, calm, and confident. We called him Matty Ice. In practice, the coaches let him change plays, something only veteran quarterbacks normally get to do. On his first pass, in his very first game in the NFL, he threw a touchdown. We went 11-5 that season and made the playoffs. By 2016, Matt was widely considered one of the best quarterbacks of the decade, throwing for more than 4,500 yards in five straight seasons. The Falcons made it all the way to the Super Bowl that year. They'd be facing the New England Patriots. Less than 24 hours before the game, Matt was named the NFL MVP. He was a player at the height of his powers, in the biggest game of his life.
1: I think the closer you get, the harder the loss becomes. This, of course, is Matt Ryan. I was angry, knowing we had a chance to, to really to, to put that game away, and we didn't do
0: it. This is The Secret to Victory, a branded podcast from Gatorade and Gimlet Creative. I'm your host, Dominique Foxworth. Today, we tell the story behind Super Bowl 51, one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. I sat down with Matt Ryan to talk about what it's like to come so close to winning it all, only to fall short. Heading into the Super Bowl, Matt and the Falcons were underdogs. Their opponents, the Patriots, were the most dominant team in the NFL. They'd won four Super Bowls in the past 16 seasons. The Falcons hadn't won any in their history. But that season, the city of Atlanta had embraced its team, and that support went a long way.
2: You can kind of feel the whole city get behind a team.
0: This is Matt's wife, Sarah Ryan.
2: There's just an energy, whether you're in the Georgia Dome or walking down Peachtree, you know, everyone's kind of into it and excited. I'll never forget those moments watching the games, but also just feeling the city rise up with this team.
0: Not just rise up, but also head west. The Super Bowl was taking place in Houston that year, and the stands were filled with folks from Atlanta.
3: And I was just amazed at how many people uh,
0: were there in Falcons jerseys, Matt Ryan jerseys. Terrence Moore is a columnist for the website Sports on Earth. He's been covering the Falcons for 32 years, and even he was surprised by the energy behind this team.
3: Uh, they took the trip to Houston just to be supportive of the team and certainly of Matt Ryan since he was the the key guy that, that got them
4: there. The boot, the flash bulbs go off, the kick is away, Super Bowl 51 is underway.
0: When the game started, all that history, all that pressure, none of that seemed to matter. Matt Ryan was in the zone, leading his team to two scoring drives before the half and the Falcons' defense was virtually impenetrable, allowing just one field goal in over 30 minutes of play.
4: 21-3 at halftime, Atlanta over the New
0: England Patriots. Sarah Ryan was sitting about 20 rows up near midfield in the stadium. She's watched almost every game Matt's played for more than a decade. And despite the Falcons' huge lead at halftime, she knew victory wasn't guaranteed.
2: I've seen a lot of crazy things happen in a game, so you know nothing's over until the game is actually over. None of the nerves subsided just because it was a successful first half.
3: During halftime, you know, just just watching Lady
0: Gaga do her thing out there, reporter Terrence Moore was sitting in the press box.
3: That's when I started thinking, Well, the impossible can't happen twice, you can't have Lady Gaga doing all this impossible stuff out there and then also have the Falcons win the Super Bowl.
0: Back from halftime it was Atlanta's ball and they just kept rolling.
4: Touchdown! He beat Minkovic to the end zone. Six-yard touchdown pass. The second tonight for Ryan. And Atlanta is running away midway through the third quarter. 27-3 over New England.
0: The Falcons kicked the extra point, and they were up 28-3. to
3: My cell phone started to blow up. You know, all the people I knew back in Atlanta uh, who had any kind of inkling of, of, uh, of signing with the Falcons I heard from every one of them. <laughs> was, they were just going nuts. And uh, not only there in the stands, but also in Atlanta, I could feel it uh, that far away in Houston that people were believing that this was the, the time that the Falcons were going to have their first world championship ever.
2: Listen, at 28-3, I thought it was over. <laughs> I certainly thought it was over. Will
0: Leach is a writer based in Georgia and the founder of the sports site Deadspin. You don't
2: see this happening on this kind of scale. If the Falcons blew a 28-3 lead during week six against the Rams, it would be astounding. It would shock people. They would, it would cause recriminations for the team and throughout the league for weeks to come. To have it happen in the Super Bowl is unprecedented.
0: Will's lived in Georgia for four years. He hasn't exactly experienced a repeated heartbreak like so many longtime Atlanta fans. In the press box at the Super Bowl that night, Will was sitting next to Terrence Moore, and he could sense what was coming.
2: I actually leaned over to Terrence. I was like, wow, this is, this is really quite the thing, huh? And he said, you just wait.
4: <laughs> it's a belt high, throw to the far side, caught by White, spins and drives on the far sideline, touchdown, five yard touchdown pass by Tom Brady. They edge closer,
2: 28 to nine. There were a lot of mistakes the Falcons made. They put themselves in position where it it took one insane thing to even give you the the Patriots a chance to come back. And there were a succession of eight insane things where that happened.
4: Line drive-throw, goal line diving, catch belt high, touchdown, Amendola! 5.56 to go. It's 28-18 with Atlanta on top by 10. Patriots will try for two, and New England is back in business.
0: Down on the field, Matt Ryan saw those small mistakes. When
1: you're in a game like that, uh, it comes down to, you know, a play here or there, and it's the
4: details. Point, Knights in, touchdown, New England. It's a two-point game with 57 seconds remaining in regulation. It's good on the two-point throw to Amendola with a block by Edelman. And he got in. That ties the game at 28 with 57 seconds to go in regulation.
0: For the first time in the Super Bowl's 51-year history, the fourth quarter ended in a deadlock. The Falcons and the Patriots were headed to overtime.
1: Gentlemen, we're about to begin an overtime period that will continue until the winner is determined. New England gets call to call the toss. Heads. They have called heads. It is Heads, we
3: on the top At that point, I knew it was over. Everybody knew, in the stands, back in Atlanta, on the far side of the moon, that the Falcons were not going to win that game. And here's something else that I knew. I knew it wasn't going to take long. I knew it was going to be over with very quickly. It was going to be a painless death
4: for the Falcons. Brady gets the snap, pitches out white, gets a block, cuts inside, he digs, he turns, he dives! It is, it is a touchdown! It is a touchdown! New England wins! The Patriots have won Super Bowl 51 in the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history! Matt Ryan
3: w- was walking off the field with sort of like this uh, hopeless look, and, and it wasn't a a look of anger. It wasn't a look of despair. It wasn't a look of, uh, of uh, just panic. It was just more like, uh, I just lost my best friend and I don't know what to do.
0: Watching this moment, Matt looks shell-shocked. He makes his way through the crowds and the confetti on the field. He's still wearing his helmet as he pushes his way through the photographers to congratulate Patriots quarterback, Tom Brady. They shake hands nod at one another, and then Matt disappears off the field. The TV cameras don't follow him. They keep their lenses trained on the champions. Inside the Falcons' locker room, Matt and the team tried to process what had just happened, how they came to be on the wrong side of the biggest collapse in Super Bowl history. You know, you go from, you know, maybe 50 yards away,
1: people are celebrating a world championship and in that locker room, you know, just fifty yards from there, it's really quiet. Do you see guys who, you know, are are visibly upset and, and kind of overcome with emotion? Then you have guys who are just getting out of their stuff as fast as they can and showering. I mean, everybody handles it differently, but the absence of volume in the locker room I think would would, you know, surprise people.
0: rush down to the Falcons' locker room as quickly as he could. They weren't angry, they weren't uh, punching the wall or anything like that.
3: It was just sort of like I just can't believe we just did that. No one wanted to say anything and 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 the few players who did uh, agreed to talk in the locker room to reporters uh, they were almost talking no louder than a whisper because it, it was as if they didn't want to interrupt the, the sanctity of the silence of their teammate.
0: While Matt went through his post-game routine, shower, change, press conference, Sarah made her way to the hotel where their family had hoped to celebrate.
2: The first time I saw him was back at that room in his team hotel. Obviously pretty quiet, um, pretty somber, not a lot of talking going on people are encouraging although it's also awkward because everyone knows what just happened too so yeah people are changing the subject and um trying to keep the mood as light as possible given the circumstances
1: everybody just you know was saying you know that they cared about you they loved you um proud of you those kind of things did that help or did it not really
2: I think at that point, Matt didn't want to hear from many people. He had enough going on in his own head. I just gave him a big hug and told him I was sorry.
0: A lot of athletes get support from their partners. But there's another dynamic to Matt and Sarah's relationship. For years, Sarah was a competitive athlete. She met Matt at Boston College, where he played football and she was on the basketball team. She understands what it's like to lose a game that means everything to you.
1: She understands, you know, the commitment that it takes to be the absolute best that you can be, uh, because she's done it, and um,
0: there's a lot of sacrifices that you need to make. Sarah knows it takes time to process a defeat, and she knew Matt would talk about the Super Bowl when he was ready. She didn't press him, and pretty soon, he did start talking.
2: The days following, we did talk about it, and he can talk about it, and it's not like he is a total recluse and just wants to be left alone. I think it's just part of the process of getting beyond the game a little bit and then being able to look back at it.
1: You're angry. You're kind of numb, too, where it's like, man, I can't believe, like, the confetti's coming down and they're, you know, they're getting the trophy and you're not. I remember, you know, kind of feeling like, we gotta get back here (laughs) ASAP and make sure that, you know, we kind of rewrite the story uh, for who we are.
0: When Matt says ASAP, he means it literally. He watched the game tape the day after losing, and then he watched it again and again. You know, my normal routine
1: uh, following any game is, is to get back in there, you know, the following day and to watch it once, and kind of go through it and then watch it the second time and, and kind of evaluate, you know, what we could have done differently. When I was watching the film, I think that's where the disappoint, the anger probably came in a little bit.
0: I read that you watched the game three times afterwards. And was it the TV copy or was it the film? Just the film.
1: Never watched the TV copy.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I went back, I
1: watched it a third time a, a day later, just to to try and get moving, uh, try
0: and flush it out of your system a little bit. And I think it helped for me. And for Matt, it wasn't just about helping himself. He wanted to help move his team forward as well. He organized a trip to Miami. Three days of training, running plays, spending time with just the team. Resetting, really. This show, this season, has been all about using defeat to fuel victory. And for Matt Ryan and the Falcons, that's exactly what they're hoping to do this season. The steps they're taking are all in that direction, and Matt is ready to lead the charge. For me, it's just having a heightened
1: awareness, um, you know, from the beginning of the offseason, all the way through uh, you, you know, the, the regular season and postseason, to be on top of the details.
0: When the Falcons started training camp in late July, Terrence Moore was there. The last time he'd seen the Falcons was in the locker room following the Super Bowl the dejected squad from before was gone now, replaced by something new, something different. This, this team is as energetic as I've ever seen a team
3: be out on the field. This could be a turning point for this team. This could be a turning point for Matt Ryan, where we're gonna see what he and what they are made of because they can use this moment right now to say, look, we got that
0: close, let's finish the job. The Falcons kick off the 2017 season, September 10th, against the Chicago Bears. Only two teams have ever lost the Super Bowl and gone on to win it the next year. Let's see if Matt Ryan and the Falcons can make it three. On this season of The Secret to Victory, we've brought you stories of struggle and defeat. Stories of the greatest athletes in the world, questioning whether they have what it takes. And each athlete, be it Serena Williams, Carl anthony Towns, or Matt Ryan, all share one thing in common. They don't ignore their losses. They think about it for a short time. They process it. And then they use their defeat as motivation, as fuel to move on. Thanks for listening to this season of The Secret to Victory. If you haven't listened to our other episodes, check them out. We've got conversations with Eli and Peyton Manning, J.J. Watt, Kyle Schwarber, Serena Williams, and Carl Anthony Towns. This episode was produced by Abby Razika, and edited by Eric Mendel. Research and writing by Noah Davis. Jorge Estrada is our associate producer. We had help this week from Julia Botero. Creative direction by Nazanin Rafsinjani. This episode was mixed by Sam Baer. Sound design by Bobby Lord, music by Dan Brunel, and music direction by Matt Boll. Technical direction by Zach Schmidt. Special thanks to Caitlin Delana and Oscar Zabaios. Learn more about the show at Gatorade.com podcast podcasts. I'm Dominique Foxworth. Thanks for listening.